You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. We are back for another top five, and we're doing the big one today. The one that everybody is going to have an opinion on. Uh, and really, I, I mean, we'll preface it with this. Well, I'm going to preface my preface with saying thanks for making, making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms, as you all know. Top five pitchers of all time, starting pitchers in Tigers history. Um, we're going to, we're going to, let's get to the preface, okay? There is an almost infinite amount of combinations you could do for this. There really is no wrong answer. Uh, very much of this list is going to be somewhat subjective. I, in my opinion, the top three is pretty set in stone, but also we have the debate of peak versus longevity, right? I mean, there's somebody who's not going to make this list who deserves uh, a, a ton of credit is Denny McLean is like one example, right? Denny McLean has one of the highest peaks in Tigers history and in baseball history, right? I mean, 68, he's still to this day, the most recent 30 game winner. And with the way the game is played now, he might forever be the most recent 30 game winner. We, we, we legitimately might not see another 30 game winner for our lifetimes. And at a sub two ERA and 336 innings pitched in 1968, right? He, he had a pitching war is weird. Um, the I mean, fan graphs versus baseball reference pitching war is so vastly different. Usually for for hitters, they're somewhat in the same ballpark. But I mean, for pitchers, you're talking about the difference of some players having the difference of like 20 war based on which website you use. Uh, it's very differently calculated between those two. And just as a whole, pitching war can be kind of weird, but um, I, I mean, your McLean was reached peaks of back-to-back -back seasons of over seven war on fan graphs, uh, 31 and six and 24 and nine with well over 300 innings pitched in both of those seasons and a sub two ERA in one and a sub three ERA in the other. Like, I, I mean, just didn't have the career cause he was only a tiger from 63 to 70 and honestly, outside of those two seasons, like his 65 was pretty good, but outside of those two seasons, uh, didn't put up like asinine, you know, like really, really incredible numbers. I mean, was kind of like a one war pitcher outside of those three seasons for most of his career. I mean, he, he accumulated seven, 7.2 and four wins in three individual seasons. That's that's 18 war. That's a little over 18 war in three seasons, and his career war was 20. So, you're 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 talking about the the argument of of peak versus versus longevity, 
And, and, you know, like Max Scherzer won't make this list. But Max Scherzer had an incredibly high peak and is one of the best pitchers of all time and spent, you know, whatever, five, six years here. And is going to go down as probably a top 10, maybe even top five pitcher to ever play this game. So you have the debate already of of longevity versus peak and and career versus just like pure talented pitcher to pitch on in an old english d so uh, we're going to preface this with saying this this is going to be top 5 greatest tigers careers and i think that i did a pretty decent job at putting together what i what i think is is the top 5 detroit tigers careers in Tigers history for the starting pitcher position. And and it's not even really just careers, right? Like I'm not I'm not just looking at accolades. Like top 5, I don't even know how to word what I'm thinking, which is a problem given my profession, I guess. But uh, uh like like the top 5 greatest pitchers in Tigers history. I don't know, man. Like it's it's tough. I'm I'm hoping by the end once we get through all 5, you can kind of look back and and kind of understand what I'm going for, but it really is tough. And we have had blessed. We've been blessed with so many fantastic starting pitchers to to pitch in in Bennett Park, Navin Field, Briggs Stadium, Tiger Stadium. Comerica Park. I mean, we 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 really have been blessed with some fantastic starting pitching over the years. So let's get right into it. And if you think I did a terrible job, that's fine. But coming in at number five is going to be the Hall of Famer Jack Morris. Jack Morris. Jack Morris. <laughs> Obviously, still in and around the organization. Uh, does a lot of work in the broadcast booth when uh, when when he is present in the broadcast booth. Um, I mean, a tiger through and through. Uh, I know that he had his uh, his moment in uh, in Minnesota, one of the most famous World Series performances by any starting pitcher ever. Uh, was was. Still, I mean, fairly decent. His first year in Toronto was was pretty horrible. His second year in Toronto, but uh, was still pretty pretty uh, prominent. I mean, twenty one and six with a four ERA. Uh, had a nice little nice season there in in Toronto to get them their first World Series or try and push them to their first World Series. Um, and you know, he he was a, a hard head. You know, I mean, he was, it was Jack Morris's way or the highway, but I, I mean, I'll be damned. Jack Morris's way was pretty damn good for a long time. Uh, at his peak, he was one of the more, most consistent pitchers in all of baseball. He was, it, it's honestly remarkable looking at his like 1983 to 1989, 88, I guess. And just look at him put up almost the exact same stat line for like five years straight. And it was a good, I mean, it's not, you know, it wasn't going to win him a Cy Young or anything. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, 
you know, greatest of all time stat line by any stretch, but uh, it was it was pretty damn good. When when you look at his his Fangraphs WAR numbers from from eighty four to eighty eight, okay, because so, eighty three he had a six point two WAR, he had a three three four ERA, uh, seven point eleven K per nine, which was uh, pretty high for him. He had a five eight three career K per nine, so that was a I think the third highest season of his career, second second highest K per nine of his career that year. Uh, his highest came in eighty six, which is a, a very overlooked Tigers team. Uh, he went 20 and 13 that season as well and almost 300 innings. So 83 was, was, uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty comfortably the best season of his career, but I mean, from 84 to 88, his war totals were four, 4.7, four, 4.1 and four. <laughs> I mean, and all of his other stats were pretty similar too. his, his win totals were, uh, at, from 16 to 21. Every single year, his loss totals were almost exactly eleven. Every single year, uh, the ERA was always between three three and three nine. I, I mean, just consistently year in and year out, replicating the same like four win season, little over four win season every single year for four or five straight years is a pretty damn good peak. And it was on the heels of, like I said, the best season of his career. Uh, he, I, in, in the Hall of Fame, five-time All-Star, three-time World Series winner, only one of them with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, World Series MVP, obviously, as well. We talked about that uh, that 10-inning that performance that everyone always talks about and is one of the big reasons he got into the Hall of Fame as well. Um, an innings eater. Through and through, almost 4,000 career innings, uh, 2,478 career strikeouts, led the league in Ks once in, again, 1983. Uh, I, I mean, never won a Cy Young, but was in the voting pretty frequently. Had uh, a top five finish, a top four finish, top 10 finish, top five, top seven, top three, top three. So, Always in and around that conversation. Definitely one of the best pitchers and one of the most prominent pitchers as well um, in the uh, in the mid-80s all the way through the early 90s. Jack Morris coming in as the fifth greatest Tiger starting pitcher of all time. We will get into the top four after I tell you all about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include a Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. I say it is better, honestly. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or even taste like straight-up chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring by like week three, you're thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to the candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat statues, the one at homes, the pantry, the office, the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars so that when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and that tastes incredible. 
Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least get something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and so many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment two of Locked on Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. We are breaking down the top five Tigers starting pitchers of all time, a uh, a list that will undubitably be controversial, um, and uh, and I'm sure plenty of people have an opinion. Just because st- like there's more starting pitchers than any other position, and we've had so many good ones. So I I really don't blame people for having their own opinion or, or thinking this list could be different. But I am confident in my list at the same time. I I feel really good about it. Um, and with that, we will head into the next person on our list. Coming in at number four is going to be another Hall of Famer, Jim Bunning. Jim Bunning spent uh, the first 10 years, eight years of his career with the Detroit Tigers, would end up being a Hall of Famer, 67 career war. Uh, A lot of his best years in Detroit, but also had two phenomenal seasons in Philly, uh, in his mid-30s as well, was uh, on the Tigers from 1955 to 1963, would retire from baseball after 1971, pitched in three different decades. Pretty damn impressive. Uh, un, uh, one of the, uh, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, and he, he's one of the most well-known pitchers from this era, uh, reached some pretty high peaks in Philadelphia, as I said. Technically speaking, the highest F war, and again, Pitcher, F, pitcher war is already weird and and the different websites and all that. Uh, but the highest F war he accumulated in his career was in 1960 for the Detroit Tigers and had a 6.3 war in 1961 as well, had a 7 war in 1960. Um, I mean, an, an unbelievable career. And, and for an era where not everybody was a strikeout artist yet, his strikeout numbers are, are pretty damn respectable given the era he pitched in. Um, A 6.83 career K per nine, but most of his Tigers career, especially in his peak years there in the middle, uh, he was over seven. That was, while while it wasn't some astronomical, like unheard of achievement, it was still, uh, there was still a ton of pitch to contact pitchers at that time. And and just like, you know, innings eater, going to get weak ground balls kind of pitchers. And Having a having a K per nine of even over seven in that era was was uh, on on the high end, and maintaining that through almost all of his career is a pretty impressive feat. Reached a peak of eight point three K per nine in nineteen sixty five with the Phillies. Uh, it's it's this is one of those where I wonder if that mid and late sixties team would have accomplished even more than they already did if they held on to him, right? Because uh, he, he accumulated uh, in his Tigers career 31.3 F war, but would retire 
with uh, an F4, as we said earlier, of 67. So, I, I, I mean, if you can imagine uh, a guy pumping out again, in, I mean, in 1968, he did not have a very good season. That's honestly probably the worst season of his career. Um, but, uh, you know, only pitched 160 innings in it as well. But, I mean, leading up to it in 66 and 67, those are two of the best years of his career. Uh, and, I mean, even after, like in 69 and 70, he had four win seasons. Like, there's a there's a legitimate case to be made that if, if the Tigers hold on to him. And they got, gave, got rid of him in 63 when he was 31 years old. You're not usually thinking that someone's going to go on and, and pitch another almost 10 years of productive baseball after that. But, uh, I mean, in, in, in Philly, having a, a, a 7-3 win season and then two 6-8 win seasons uh, right after, that's a, that's a pretty incredible peak from 65 to 67. And uh, if it, it just makes you wonder, right? It makes you wonder what a rotation of Lowlich, McLean, and Bunning really would have peaked out at if uh, if they held on to him. So while while uh, we're talking a lot about his Philly career and he accomplished quite a lot there, but still one of the most accomplished Tigers pitchers of all time, a nine-time All-Star uh, would achieve one, two, three, five of those. With the Detroit Tigers, led the league in wins in 1957, as well as innings pitch. Led the league in strikeouts with the Tigers twice, with two 200K seasons, uh, and at a 194 right after that in 1961. Career ERA of 3.27, um, a, a fantastic career, a Hall of Fame career. And while he did not spend all of his Hall of Fame career with the Detroit Tigers, uh, spent I mean, 118 wins with the Tigers, and uh, and and is definitely one of the most prominent and greatest Tigers pitchers of all time. Nine years of his 17-year career, more than any other team. Jim Bunning coming in as the fourth greatest Tigers pitcher of all time. Now let's get into the top three. This is where it gets interesting. Coming in at number three, we're going to have Mickey Lolich. Mickey Lolich is, uh, it, it this is this is truly where it gets. In, I mean, all of it's interesting. That's kind of a lie, but uh, Mickey Lolich has, according to Fangraphs, the most WAR ever accumulated by a starting pitcher in Tigers history at sixty-one point four. More the number one, two hundred and seven career wins with the Detroit Tigers that ranks him second all-time in Tigers history only behind Hooks Doss dead ball legend uh so he has the the accolades for a great Tigers career and he also has the you know the the debate I said earlier between longevity and peak Mickey Lolich comfortably had both 65 career war. He played for the Mets and the Padres for a few years at the end, but but was a Tiger from 63 to 74, and I'm, I'm a, almost all of his career was with the Detroit Tigers. Um, would only get 10 wins in his career that weren't in a Tigers uniform. 7.01 K per nine. And again, this is someone in the 60s and 70s uh, peaked out at, at I mean, 
almost a 9K season a couple of times. In 1969, he had an 8.7K per nine. Uh, 1965 and 8.3K per nine and 1968 and 8K per nine. Uh, the war numbers, according to fan graphs by year, were always in the four to six range. 4.4, 5.1, 66. He had a little bit of a down year, a 2.2, then back up to 4.6, 6, 5.1. And then again, like you, you look at peak. He had an 8-3 win season in 1971. Phenomenal year. Uh, got him runner-up for Cy Young and fifth in MVP voting. Almost took home the Cy Young. Vita Blue had a had an unbelievable uh, season in 1971 and uh, was barely able to edge him out. But Mickey Lolich had 308 strikeouts in 1971. I mean, uh, through and through, had the peak, had the longevity, had the sustained success, has all the accolades. I mean, he is, in my eyes, get, uh, the only reason that he's the clear-cut number three is because the top two are two of the greatest pitchers to ever put on a baseball uniform, and the the dudes below him. I think when you're looking at Tiger's career again, it's a it's a pretty clear drop off. Not drop. I mean, that sounds disrespectful, but again, you, I I think you understand what I'm saying. There is a a just he is he is one of the things I'm most confident about is Mickey Lolich being the third greatest Tiger starting pitcher of all time. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, one point two seven career WHIP, three point two career FIP on a three point four four ERA. Maybe you've even gotten a little unlucky there. For uh, for the uh, for the 16 year career, I mean, just uh, absolute workhorse. 376 innings in 1971. I mean, my goodness. Uh, games won again, like 25 win season in 1971. Uh, 17 and nine in 1968. And here's the thing I always bring up about Mickey Lolich. This is this is my favorite point to drive home. If, if you could see me, you could see my arms flailing. I, I'm so passionate about this. Bob Gibson, rightfully, very much rightfully, this is far from Bob Gibson slander, but Bob Gibson gets a ton of credit for his performance in the 1968 World Series. Three starts, all phenomenal. Shutout in game one. Uh, Tigers only scored one run in game four, and... Then he pitched in Game 7, where the Tigers would score four runs and win the World Series in Game 7. Mickey Lolich. So Bob Gibson went 2-1 in the 1968 World Series, and everybody you know, was phenomenal, pitched three games in one World Series, put the team on his back, whatever. Mickey Lolich went 3-0 in the 1968 World Series. And pitched Game 7 against Bob Gibson. No one talks about it. Not in the city. Not in the state. Not in the, on the national scale. Bob Gibson gets a ton of credit. And again, rightfully so. Bob Gibson is one of the greatest pitchers to ever put on a uniform. And one of the most influential players in the history of sports. But Mickey Lolich also started three games. And he won all three, and the third one was in Game 7 against Bob Gibson, and no one talks about it. 
Mickey Lolich, your third greatest starting pitcher in Detroit Tigers history. We'll get to the top two. Everybody knows who they are. What order will they come in, though? Find out after this. All right, everybody, welcome back to our third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. Top two. It's time. Let's get in to the two greatest Tigers pitchers of all time. Coming in at number two, we have the Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, seven-time All-Star, one-time pitching triple crown winner, one-time World Series winner, two-time ERA title holder, and one-time TSN Major League Player of the Year, because why not? The great Hal Newhouser coming in as the second greatest Tigers starting pitcher of all time. Also, oddly enough, has 207 career wins. Now, uh, seven of those would come with uh, the Cleveland baseball team. So he had exactly 200 with the Detroit Tigers, but uh, just kind of funny how uh, Mickey Lowlich, 207 Tigers wins. Hal Newhouser, 207 career wins. Um, so Hal Newhouser, right? He has the second most war accumulated, according to fan graphs, in uh, Tigers pitching history, only behind, as we talked about earlier, Mickey Lowlich, who beats him out by one win. Uh, 200 career wins, as we talked about. 5.1 career K per nine, slightly different era, but still not bad for his era. A 3.07 career ERA. Uh, Hal Newhouser would pitch from the Tigers from 1939 to 1953. Had the longevity, had an unreal peak, uh, has everything you could want. Has all the accolades. Ha- ha- I mean led the league in ERA back-to-back seasons in 45 and 46, where he had a 1.81 ERA and a 1.94 ERA in those two seasons, a 25-win season, a 26-win season. Uh, led the league in strikeouts in 1945 with 2.12, and then backed that up in 1946 by striking out 2.75. Back-to-back MVP winner and one runner-up to MVP in 1946, where he barely lost out to a dude named Ten Williams who put up an 11-win season. <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. So probably didn't deserve that third MVP, but had, a, according to baseball reference, a 9.5-win season as a starting pitcher in 1947, so almost three-peated the MVP award at one point, um, is one of the greatest pitchers of all time and will always be known as a Tiger. Obviously, I mean, 15 of his 17-year career here, but will will never be forgotten in Tiger's lore. That is for damn sure. Um, has a not only his number retired, number 16, forever retired in Tiger's history, but has a statue with the high leg kick out there in left field as well. One of the few uh, players who is uh, able to say that the, that they have a statue at, at Comerica Park. There is uh, that. There are very few who have ever been better than Hal. Um, again, when looking at Fangraphs' war, like again, longevity versus peak. 
there was a one, two, three, four, five, six-year stretch where his lowest war was six, according to Fangraphs. Uh, and, and then his peak, I guess, within that peak was uh, 45 and 46, where he had an 8.2 win season in 45 and a 9.5 win season, as we talked about earlier, in 46, but surrounded that with a 7-3 win season, a 7-win season, a 6.5-win season, and a 6-win season. 60, just a hair under 61 career war, according to fan graphs. Um, there are a few better who have ever, there are a few better? Yeah, there are a few better who have, uh, who have ever pitched. Uh, I mean, in 1946, he had a sub two FIP. That's, that's just ignorant. That's remarkable. Um, 8.46 K per nine in 1946 in the 40s, having an 8.46 K per nine. I could go on and on. He is uh, he's one of the greatest pitchers of all time and coming in as the second greatest Tigers pitcher of all time. Coming in at number one, Justin Verlander, the greatest Tigers starter of all time. MVP, two-time Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Triple Crown winner, eight-time All-Star, uh, World Series winner, not with the Tigers, ERA title holder, ALCS MVP, uh, and also a TSN Major League Baseball player of the year. Um, someone who is guaranteed to have number 35 retired uh, once he is retired from baseball, but he is not done yet. I mean, this is this is one of the most impressive seasons by or seasons careers by a uh, by a pitcher ever. In Fangraphs, he has a career 72 WAR already and is still going. In Baseball Reference, he has a 71.8. So in that one, they're pretty agreed agreed upon. Um, in Tigers history. He ranks with the third most war ever accumulated by a Tiger starter. And the, the remarkable thing about that is he has 400 less innings pitched than Hal at two and 800 less innings pitched than Mickey Lolich at one. And he is only like three or four wins behind those two guys. Um, 8.51 career K per nine, 183 wins with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, talking about where that ranks amongst Tigers history. That puts him at seven. And again, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the golden boy, right? The dude that we drafted after the 119 loss season. The one that was supposed to take us out of the dark times and, and bring us into contention, and, and he sure as hell did. One of the greatest pitchers of all time. Until this year, uh, until his age 38 season, 37 season, was the first time he had a serious injury. Absolute workhorse in an era where that is not seen too terribly much anymore. Um, K per nine for his career is actually up to 9.8. His Tiger career K per nine was that eight whatever number I said earlier. Had the longevity, had the peak. Uh, 8.4 win season in 2009 at 26 years old in 1909 season, uh, 2012, nice little seven win season that, uh, messed around and, and got him some recognition to say the least 2011, 24 and five, a six and a half win season, a two, four ERA, a two, nine, nine fit. Um, I, I mean, you could go on and on. And then I guess my reasoning for putting him at the top 
is uh, the era he is in. He is in the, the most difficult era so far in Tiger's history. Also the fact that he has very similar career production numbers to dudes who pitched far more innings or pitched in more games with the Detroit Tigers. Um, I'd, if, if, he, if he was a truly a career Tiger, he would rinse all of these Tigers records out of the water for career uh, accolades in, a, in, in Detroit history. Um, he already holds a plethora of them, and he's going to spend a majority, not a majority, He's going to spend a significant of time. It's, uh, can I speak? A significant amount of time with another franchise, and still is is going to be towards the top, if not at the top, of most career Tigers starting pitching lists for stats and rankings and whatever. I think it's pretty comfortable that he is the greatest Tiger starting pitcher of all time, and that will wrap up our list. There's so many honorable mentions. Like we said earlier, Max Scherzer absolutely deserves one. Um, I, I mean, Dan Petrie, Denny McLean, as we talked about earlier, uh, Fred Hutchinson, George Mullen, Frank Larry, Hooks Doss, most wins in Tigers history, Dizzy Trout, Tommy Bridges. Tommy Bridges and Dizzy Trout have are four and five all time on uh, most war accumulated by a starter in Tigers history. I mean, the, the the list goes on and on. Hell, Jeremy Bonderman, one of my favorite Tigers ever. You know, it, the thing is, it always comes back to Jeremy Bonderman. So that's where we're going to end. But, I, I mean, we had a team with five people who want to Cy Young on it, right? Like, this, it really is unbelievable to try and pick out five people as the clear best when, when you're, you're talking about a team that at one point literally had a rotation of five Cy Young winners and also... Uh, a dude that stuck, won an ERA title that season that, that had never won a Cy Young but led, led the American League in ERA that year for fun. Like, you're, you're, you're talking about one of the most storied franchises in baseball as far as starting pitchers goes. So the list really does go on and on. And there, uh, there is an, an insurmountable amount, that's kind of English, of honorable mentions that I could give. So those will be our five. Number one, Justin Verlander. Number two, Hal Newhauser. Number three, Mickey Lolich. Number four, Jim Bunning. And number five, Jack Morris. Kind of went across all different eras there. That's kind of cool. We will continue our rankings. We will continue our player profiles. Hopefully, we can have an update soon on some negotiation talks, but who knows. Uh, show note, we will be going down to three episodes a week. We are in the offseason as is, and on top of that, we're in a lockout. So the network is uh, is going to move the Tigers to three days a week. We will get back up to five when the lockout is ended and spring training kicks back up and all of that. So don't you worry. But for the next month, definitely January and probably February too, uh, we will be on three days a week for shows, three episodes a week, I should say, for shows. So now you know. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for rocking with me. These shows have sparked so many fun interactions on Twitter and conversations I've had, whether it's on the timeline or in my DMs or whatever. So thank you guys for being just awesome listeners and and you guys really support me 
and uh, you'll never know how much I appreciate it. I am forever grateful and indebted. So thank you guys for rocking with me. Thanks for, thank you for listening. Uh, we might mess around and do some managers, maybe top five teams, maybe uh, we got to do top five utility men because I've been getting so many, like more than anything else that's been requested, which is hilarious because people just love Don Kelly. Um, so many, we, we, we'll, we're going to have fun. The lockouts in full effect and, and no baseball is, is being done in real life, but we're going to still have our fun here. You best believe that peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Well, maybe tomorrow. You'll catch me at some point again this week. Go Tigers, baby.